This is the Truth Network. You know who you're talking to? I happen to be Buford Kid Justice, a distinguished officer of over 30 years seniority, one of the most highly respected law enforcement agents in the United States of America. That vehicle happens to be evidence, valuable evidence, that's going to convict a maniac that I've been trying to apprehend and that I have been in high-speed pursuit of for 700 miles. He is wanted for a man act, kidnapping, and the attempted murder of over 20 brother officers. Christian Carguy Radio Show. I say this calls for action, and now, nip it in the bud. Nip it in the bud. You got to nip it in the bud. And that I have been in high-speed pursuit of for 700 miles. He is wanted for a man act, kidnapping, and the attempted murder of over 20 brother officers. He's bound down, it up and trucking. Are we gonna do what they say can't be done? We've got a long way to go and a short time to get there. I'm eastbound up. Watch your bandit run. High speed pursuit today. <laughs> On the Christian Car Guy Show, you may recognize that's from Smokey and the Bandit. I hope you've had a chance to see the movie. But nonetheless, that whole idea of high-speed pursuit, what you see Buford T. Justice was doing there, I don't know if you've ever considered this, but recently a friend of mine pointed out to me that in the 23rd Psalm, the last line that goes, you know, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, he said, if you looked that up in Hebrew, you're going to find it's a little different situation. So I did. And the word is radaf, I believe it's pronounced, R-A-D-A-P-H. And it means to pursue or to run after. Now, that just adds a whole lot more action <laughs> to the verse when I think about that goodness and mercy is running after me now. Interestingly, my daughter went on a mission trip this week to um, Uganda, and so I got a chance to drive her to the Atlanta airport, which was quite an adventure. And we, we took a mountain road, which was really fun, and, and we just had the best time talking on the way. But on the way back, I decided to just put my Bible app on play so I could listen to the Bible. And what I wanted to do was I wanted to listen to the book of Genesis and just keep going, actually with a specific ear to listen to the conversational intimacy between God and the different people in the Bible. In other words, what did it look like when God spoke and they spoke back, when they actually talked? Conversational intimacy was what I was had my ear tuned to hear. And I, was, I had my mind blown <laughs> because the first time that you see an actual conversation between God and Adam was when God, I mean, when Adam totally blew it. And, you know, here comes God. You know the story. And what does he say? Adam, where are you? And, of course, you know, all kinds of shenanigans, eat even, all that stuff. But at the end of the day, God covers him, right? 
Well, the very next conversation that you see between God and somebody is a mind blower when you look at it from this perspective. That we don't have a record of God's conversation with Abel, <laughs> the good kid. We have a conversation of Cain, right? He was the bad kid. <clears throat> he was the black sheep. He was the 90 he was the one, not the 90 and 9. You know what I'm saying? And listen to the conversation. There's two of them. You know, the first one, when sin is crouching at his door, God's trying to keep him from going there, (laughs) but he unfortunately does not. But then think about this. I mean, this guy just committed the first murder that we know of. He killed his brother literally over jealousy. And what happens? You would think that that would disqualify you from a conversation with God, but it doesn't. It's the exact opposite. God shows up. With a very similar question to Adam, by the way, he doesn't say, why'd you kill your brother? He says, where is your brother? Where God knows full where, where he is. But he's, he's trying to call something into Cain's mind. And, and then, you know, how many of us as parents would be kind of upset about, you know, our kid just killed our other kid, not to, not to mention, I'm not saying God wasn't upset. What I'm saying is, God hung in there and stuck with him and even gave him a mark so that he wouldn't die and, you know, all that happened. Well, keep going and you're going to find God talks to some really interesting people in the book of Exodus. You know, Hagar runs away. This is just a maiden. This is nobody all that special, but she was special because obviously she bore Ishmael. But when she runs away, God shows up and he speaks to her. Where are you going? (laughs) Similar type of question. But, you know, there's one more that really just really just floored me as I was listening to it. When I got into Exodus, that you realize that Moses is up on the mountain talking to God. And in the 27th, 28th chapter of Exodus, you hear how he is getting the exact description of these phenomenally cool garments that Aaron is going to wear. Phenomenally holy, phenomenally sacred, maybe the most sacred garments any human's ever worn because, I mean, look look at what all happened. But at the very moment that Moses is getting these instructions, Aaron is actually down in the camp (laughs) with this famous story where he throws the gold in the fire, right? And out came a calf. (laughs) We don't know how that happened. But do you see what's going on? I mean, God is pursuing Aaron in the midst of all the shenanigans that he was up to right then. And of course, last week we talked about Jonah. And so I can't help but note that, oh my goodness, when I really, really blow it, I think that disqualifies me from prayer. You know, God doesn't want to talk to me right now. He knows I'm a a sinner and all those kind of things. But actually, you know, I'm not saying you sin on purpose, but at that point in time, it's like God is really pursuing you at a high speed pursuit. That's what we're talking about. Maybe you got a story like that. I'm hoping to hear yours. I got a few to share with you, of course. 866-348-7884 is the number to call in and share your story of when you totally blew it, but God was in hot pursuit. Maybe heard that question, where are you, Robbie? (laughs) Plus, in the third segment today, we have Christian Car Guy Theater, episode 45, 
River Rock Retaliation Part 6. I'm very excited about it. Really, some just phenomenal performances there on the voice actors in Christian Carguy Theater. I think you're going to absolutely love it. Actually, uh, John and Johnny, um, they may drown in this episode. It's pretty exciting. And then, of course, we got the Jesus Labor Love. We talked about some people last week. I want to give you an update on that and, and share a little bit about what God did in that ministry this week. But what I'm really after in the other three segments, other than the Christian Car Guy Theater one, is I would love to hear your story of when God was in hot pursuit. Right after you totally blew it. (laughs) Or in my case, I'll share with you. You know, I was thinking about it this morning that before I was a Christian, really, I didn't understand the blood of Christ. I been in the church of Scientology and ran from God every way I could possibly think of running from God and was absolutely certain that there's no way that this was all a myth. I ran so fast that I outran myself. Apparently I was a general manager at the time. And this is in 1990, 91 when, um, I was a general manager at crown Dodge and the store was failing miserably, but it was, I had a sense that I was really failing, but I didn't really understand that completely at the time. I understand it now looking back. I wish I did, but at the time, but nonetheless, no, I don't. Because I failed so badly, God came to the rescue. So there I was, and if you could picture this October of 1991, this store is supposed to be selling, you know, 100 cars a month, and we might have like 15 out for the month. So that's a fail in my world you know, based on what my values were at the time. (laughs) And then I got my customer satisfaction rating for the dealership that I was a general manager of. And it was on a 4.0 scale, which means that a four is an A. And I had a 1.5, which was clearly an F. And what it meant in my position was that, you know, if you kept a CSI customer satisfaction index like that, you were going to get fired. I mean, it just were. And so when I added the two together, number one, I wasn't selling any cars. Number two, my customers were totally dissatisfied. I realized that this was a failure, that I was going to lose my job. But more than that, I felt like I didn't really understand what I was even doing. But I'd heard this prayer <laughs> that I had learned from a sermon that my wife had had me attend one time. I call it the five slamma jamma prayer, and there's lots of places I describe it in the in my website at christiancarguy.com. But just first, suffice it to say, I went about trying to hear from God right there at one of the lowest points of my life. I would love to hear your story. 866-348-7884. 866-34-TRUTH. High-speed pursuit. Because, you know, I'm running as fast as I can. <laughs> we'll be right back. And that I have been in high-speed pursuit of for 700 miles. He is wanted for a man act, kidnapping, and the attempted murder of over 20 brother officers. He's bound down, loaded up and trucking. Are we gonna do what they say can't be done? We've got a long way to go and a short time to get there. High-speed pursuit today on the Christian Car Guy Show. We've been talking about 
how, oh my goodness, God comes after us right after the worst possible thing we could have ever dreamed of doing. We just totally blew it. And then all of a sudden, like Cain, God's standing there, where's your brother? He doesn't call you a murderer right out. He asks a question that seems to bring something to your mind so that you could repent, right? And and you can't help but think of the way that God pursued David when he wrote the 23rd Psalm, saying that surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. You know, think how God pursued him, especially after the Bathsheba issue. But maybe you got a story like that where he was in high-speed pursuit of you. We would love to hear it. 866-348-7884 is a number to call in and share your story. I really, really would love to hear it. Well, also, we got Christian Car Guy Theater, episode 45, coming up in the very next segment. I'm looking forward to that. But you might sh- save your story to the last segment. We'd love to hear it then. 866 348 7884. Okay, the Jesus labor love. I told you I'm going to get to my crown dodge story here in a minute. I'm going to finish the story, so don't worry. I'm going to get back to it. But I need to tell you that we've, on both those situations we talked about last week, where the family lost their car in Maryland because of a wreck, and they that's their Uber sense of income, as well as the mom in Virginia Beach. We've had no progress, but that we know of. God's at work putting it on somebody's heart, I'm sure, to help these folks. But actually, the lady in Virginia Beach, it was also, you know, somebody's in Richmond or Petersburg, anywhere in the Virginia area, really, that might have a car to donate. She reached out again to me, and she was really hurting, and she asked if I would mention it again on the air, and I want to do that. Um, but wonderful donations came in um, to help with that man's rent-a-car so he could get to the funeral, which he was able to do, and sent me a wonderful text, actually showed me a picture of his brother and his military uniform um, as he was able to do that. And I'm thankful for every one of those donations. Of course, if you're wondering what I'm talking about and you've never listened to us before, it's the Jesus Labor Love, which is car repair labor for single moms, widows, and families in crisis. And we get applications every week for people for everything that need a car or need car repair. And this very week, um, we did of some brakes. We did some tires uh, I'm trying to think what all, I, I know we had four or five of them that we were involved in, and I'm so grateful for all the donations that come in. And again, I would mention that we're offering a free t-shirt for a gift of any amount to the Jesus Labor Love. You just go there to christiancarguy.com, and you'll see the thing where you can donate now, and we'll get you that out. So getting back to me, there I was. I was finally, I'd worked you know, 20 some odd years in the car business to get my own store, to be a general manager in the crown organization. And I had it, but I was blowing it horribly, which was really from my standpoint, I'd invested my entire life into this. And it was clear that I was a failure. We weren't selling any cars. We had 15 out for the month and the customers had flunked us on our customer satisfaction scores of 1.5. And so I heard about this prayer which you really have to kind of admit that God exists in order to pray. And there I was. And I knew that I needed to get still and get quiet and try to hear God. And so I actually went out in the field and I laid there and I tried to listen for God. And I fell asleep that afternoon. It was a Friday afternoon. I got in more trouble. My wife was mad at me. My boss was even more mad at me. So the next morning, Saturday morning, I got up early, which is interestingly that today's a Saturday and always 
I always remember this word I got on Saturday. It has been a treasure to me over the years in so many different ways. So I am listening, listening, God, what is, I don't even know why I'm on this planet. Why, you know, why do I exist? I've failed at everything. You know, here I am. And God showed up and he says, you know, Rob, it's similar to me that to what he said to Cain, what he said to Adam, like, he's just throwing this into your mind. Like what he said was, you know, Robbie, when it's all said and done, it's not going to matter what your customer satisfaction score is. And it's really not going to matter how many cars you sell. What's going to matter is how many people you truly help. Oh my goodness. I mean, that statement right there has changed my life from 1991 when it says 2019. I mean, oh my goodness. In so many different ways. I mean, the three dealerships later and the Christian car guy ministry later, here I am. But in each case, once I had that understanding of kind of what God had in mind for me, <laughs> you know, I went back. I had a sales meeting at Crown Dodge. I said, guys, we're no longer going to try to sell cars. What we're going to do is we're going to try and help people. I don't care if they need a Nissan or they don't need to buy a car because they're in too much debt. What I want you to do is look at your customer in the eye and try to figure out how can I help this person in front of me and then do that. Same thing with service. We're not trying to sell 30, 60,000 mile services or tune-ups and all that stuff. What I want you to do is look at that customer, find out why they're in front of you. They probably got something's driving them crazy about their car. Find out what that is and try to help them. That's just number one priority right here. And oh my word, did that turn that dealership around. I mean, and and not in order to have a CSI and not in order to sell more cars, but it actually to accomplish something. And, and, and so I can't help but think that, oh, my goodness, what Jesus was saying was, apart from me, you can do nothing, <laughs> which is what I had accomplished thus far. So, again, today's topic is high-speed pursuit right? I was running from God. I really was. I thought I had it all. I could figure out my life. I could make all this work on my own, but I clearly couldn't. And with some direction from him, and of course now daily direction from him, I mean, and the joy of my life is actually the conversational intimacy with him um, that comes as a result of often me going in directions I shouldn't go, but I can't think, help but think, and I bet you can't too, help but think of the times he's like, uh, <laughs> you know, you don't do well to be all that angry about this right this minute, Robbie. <laughs> so when we come back, we're going to hear Christian Car Guy Theater, episode 45. Very good. River Rock Retaliation, part six. But after that, I need your calls. When was God in high pursuit of you? 866-348-7884. Stay tuned. Robbie Dillmore here, and you know, I've developed a real soft spot for my pillow. <laughs> and if you've been waiting for the lowest price ever offered on my pillow, it's arrived. 
With their patented interlock fill system, American made guaranteed not to go flat. And believe me, I've had mine for over five years now and it hasn't. Fully machine washable, six-day money-back guarantee, and a simple four-question filling process. Right now, get a two-pack of MyPillow premiums for only $69.99. That's right, only $34.99 per pillow, which is the lowest price ever offered on radio or TV. Dial 1-800-942-9613 or use the promo code code get truth at mypillow.com you too could have a soft spot for my pillow at only $34.99 a pillow 69.98 for two call 800-942-9613 or go to mypillow.com and don't forget use that promo code get truth Christian Car Guy Theater with today's episode River Rock Retaliation Part 6 In the past few episodes we've observed a boatload of information about spiritual warfare In fact, speaking of boats Pastor Jack's sons, Joey and John are at this very moment fishing in a boat right smack dab in the middle of River Rock's peaceful and placid Beaver Brook As you might remember from the last episode, Jimmy's magical, mystical Jeep with a life of its own, containing the Under the Hood Auto Parts team, had started praying when they saw the confrontation with Joey and his brother John in front of Pop's Malt Shop. You might even remember that John is a reluctant heroin addict and his brother Joey wasn't afraid to confront him. Miraculously, and due to prayers, John agreed with his little brother and even said they could go fishing. At the same time, their father, a very discouraged Pastor Jack, had an unexpected visit from Mayor Elvira Merriweather. Ironically, both of them wanted to throw in the towel and resign, but at that moment, they prayed instead. If you remember, due to all those prayers, God's good warrior angels had caused the demons to skedaddle out of town and back to the nefarious, noxious, malevolent leader to be severely punished for retreating. Unfortunately, the demons, Nagadana, Zemia, Shaddam, and Nakashi are limping their way back to town with renewed resolve to get Pastor Jack's kids and Jimmy's Jeep. You supercilious, superfluous sycophants. Oh, you nincompoops. You think the slimy supreme commander couldn't see through your ingratiating deception? As though he doesn't have spies everywhere? What were you thinking, Zemia? Lies! Most nefarious above all leaders, Magadona. I was only speaking lies to him. He is, after all, the father of lies. That is, after all, his language. And in fairness to us, or unfairness to us, your most unworthy, faithless team, it seemed a good idea at the time. After all, I felt we were practically victorious in the battle. It was, after all, after all is said and done, and undone, a raging battle with those disgustingly godly warriors from, ugh, heaven. 
Sometimes it's hard to tell who is winning and who is losing. I think the most disagreeable Nakashi agrees. As much as I loathe agreeing with this uber-zealous Zimia, I must say most horrible and deplorable of all leaders, Nagadonna, sometimes the lines do get blurred in this ongoing battle with the enemy. May I suggest that we do our worst now that we're back in full force? Ouch! Well, uh, still a little sore from the enemy and from our most esteemed slimy commandant, but all our punishment is well-deserved. Don't you think so, demon Shaddam? Ah, indubitably most dutiful, despicable above all leaders, Nagadana. Our injuries were so well-deserved that they only serve to spur us into our blistering blights. We know we are on the correct team to be dispersing despicable desecrations. <laughs> Shall we start with what will really injure the entirely too sanctified Pastor Jack? Interestingly enough, his two sons are even now fishing on the river rock rock Shall we have a little rock and roll? <laughs> Enough of your flim flam. Oh, let's rock and roll. Yes, rock and roll. Rock and roll. <laughs> rock and roll. <laughs> Meanwhile, John and his kid brother Joey are having a truly great time on their fishing expedition, canoeing down the Beaver Brook. <laughs> I can't believe my kid brother caught more fish than me. Yeah, although that last one you caught was pretty ginormous. Yeah, that should equal at least two fish, so we're even. It makes me think of Dad's sermon last Sunday, when Jesus said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. So you still want to be a fisherman when you grow up? Or should I say a uh, fisher of men? I guess you think you reeled me in. A pretty ginormous fish, right? Oh no, I didn't mean that. <laughs> it's okay, little bro. But I have some news for you. If Jesus was in this boat with us and you reeled me in, he'd probably just throw me back in the lake. This is our chance. Zemia, Shaddam, Nakashi. Why not whip up a little water works? <laughs> that will drown our problems. Watch this. I think you too could use a little rapid transition. <laughs> no, he wouldn't, Johnny, because Jesus loves you. Hey, hey, what's happening? It's like we hit rapids or something. Okay, boys. <laughs> now, wait. Goodbye, Asan. <laughs> Hold on, Joey. Hold on. Hold on to me. And here's your tip of the day, boys. Canoeing on the Beaver Brook is like selling hats. You're asking for a cat's size. <laughs> Johnny! After the demons did their dirty deed, they were on their way to attack the Under the Hood team in Jimmy's Jeep as Jimmy was driving over to the church for a prayer meeting. Pastor Jack sensed that the town folk of River Rock needed to pray for their very lives. As Jimmy was just a few minutes from the church, suddenly the Jeep began to sputter and gasp. Wally Windshield Wiper saw the demonic horde headed their way. Hey, car parts! Watch out! We're being invaded! I'm gonna spray them with holy water! Yep, genuine, bona fide spray of holy water! Take that! 
you miserable miscreants! In the mighty name of Jesus! Oh, no! Kingo Mars! Oh, not again! Come on, Jeep! It's just another block and we will be at the church! Oh, Lord! Help us! Pastor Jacques was right! Oh, the battle is on again for this town and for this sheep. Timmy, attention or I feel like I'm running off fumes, honey. We gotta pray. Oh, I hear you, Gracie Gears Tank. The tension is, be- is beginning to rise again, but you know, it's like we're all stuck in some kind of time warp. Yeah, yeah, but uh, not warp speed, though. Uh, it's like, it's like uh, uh, slow motion. I mean to say, I am Ozy Motoil and I should be zipping along. But it's like I am slug. And I'm Anita Intake, but my intake is more like take out. Ooh, my poor little Cochita Anita. Your husband, Fernando Fuel Injector, has very little fuel to inject right now. I feel like a factory reject. Come on, gang. I can't do this alone. Oh, Lord, you have told us that our power is in believing in the power of the name of Jesus Christ. Well, we rebuke the forces of darkness in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We gotta spray. That's right, gang. My few gauges beginning to rise in the name of Jesus. And Timmy Tensioner is out of the time warp in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And Mosey Moto has his mojo back in the mighty, mighty fresh oil of Jesus. My intake is outgoing now in the name of Jesus. See, and I'm not a reject. I'm injected with the love and power of the name of Jesus. Hijo de la mañana! <laughs> As the Jeep recovers and springs into action again, the demons slither away, blaming each other for a failure. As Jimmy arrives and runs into the church, Pastor Jack was just explaining about how discouraged he and Mayor Elvira had felt and how encouraging it was to have the support of these prayer warriors. Just then, Joey and John rush into the church, breathlessly telling a miracle story. Dad, Dad, we almost drowned at that river. Yeah, Dad, it was like the river just turned into the rapids. Huge waves, just all of a sudden, and and that boat turned over. Yeah, we were trapped under the boat. But Jesus rescued us. Jesus rescued us. Tune in next time for the next exciting episode of River Rock Retaliation. Did Jesus actually save John and Joey? Did Pastor Jack and Mayor Elvira Merriweather finally tell their trusted friends what was heavy on their hearts? Now here's Danny Dipstick and Randy Radiator to review today's episode. Oh, Randy. It looked like Joey and Johnny were all washed up, but turned out to be just the rinse cycle. (laughs) Yeah, Daddy. And when it comes to river rapids, Jesus is the one thing you can always bank on. (laughs) See? Bank on. Oh, and Danny, don't put your money in a river bank. (laughs) See what I did there? (laughs) Oh, and plus, it sure sounds like Joey and Johnny aren't the only ones coming clean. (laughs) Randy, 
There's nothing like a canoe named Claire Buoyant. Yeah, uh, what's the difference between a canoeer and a catfish, Danny? One is always wet, has whiskers, and smells bad. And the other one's a fish. <laughs> See what I did there, Danny? Say goodbye, Danny. <laughs> See you later, radiator. Trying to stop your love And you would wage a war Trying to take the very thing You gave your life for And you would come running Tear down every wall All the while shouting My love, you're worth it all I speed pursuit today on the Christian Car Guy show following that wonderful little <laughs> Christian Car Guy theater episode 45 again if you want to find out who all is in that cast and crew some wonderful amazing voice actors you can go to christiancarguy.com and you know just click on the cast and crew page and their stories and some of the other things they've been in some pretty cool stuff <clears throat> and uh, it's amazing how God has provided for that but today we're talking about how God pursued us, especially when we really blew it. And, and you might remember last week we talked about Jonah. And I kind of saved him for last because he was such an example of this. I mean, uh, you know, he clearly is running out of God's presence, running away. And God is in hot pursuit. I mean, obviously, going to throw him in the belly of the fish. I mean, that's just part of it. But he... he, he he does this revival, I mean, has what we would think would be tremendous success, uh, you know, in spiritual freedom, and yet here he is again, sitting there with a plant all upset because God, you know, didn't judge Nineveh. And once again, God is sitting there and asking those same kind of questions. He asked Adam, he asked Cain, and now he's asking Jonah, do you do well to be mad about this plant when you're not mad about all these people? It's absolutely phenomenal. But the thing I don't want you know, to miss in my own life, we talked about it last week. Jonah told the story. I mean, God made sure that we saw that prophets make mistakes too. And that God is the hero of that story when we admit that he's the one that bailed us out. I mean, Jonah obviously narrated that and kind of just showed his own trash, his own, you know, dirty laundry so that we could all see and we can relate. So when people look at my life, I mean, they can't relate to a perfect Robbie Dillmore. Believe me, if you try that, you're going to be in bad trouble. Ask my producer. He's sitting right there, and he will tell you that Robbie has all kinds of flaws. <laughs> my wife would be happy to tell you. But maybe you can relate to the fact that in spite of that, God came after and showed me the truth in so many different ways. Now, if you have a story along those lines, we got a few more minutes. And it would really encourage somebody. I know it's hard to call in and share your own mistakes. It is. But there's somebody out there that can really relate to that, that really can learn a lesson. <clears throat> we talked about Aaron and how he was you know, down there making the golden calf while God was making plans for him to be dressed in this phenomenal outfit that was you know, the ephod and the, and the breastplate and the <clears throat> all these beautiful finely twisted linen garments that he had. 
but as I was listening to that breastplate, I, I, I heard something I'd never really heard before, really. And I've, I've always been fascinated by that breastplate and all the stones across it, you know, because it got 12 stones on it for each of the tribes of Israel. But what God was really clear is he's telling Moses this, right? While Adam's down there sinning, he's telling Moses what to do with the breastplate. And he said, because I want those stones to be over Aaron's heart when he is ministering before me in the tent. In other words, <laughs> when we're ministering, when we're praying with God, he wants all our brothers and sisters to be over our hearts. Had you ever thought about that? That, you know, like Jesus said, our father in heaven. And so Aaron, as he went into the tent to minister before God, he had the whole group. He had all 12 across his heart so that they would all be right there, getting back to what God keeps teaching me over and over and over again, because the one place where I know... <laughs> God will show up as if I get mad at somebody in the next two or three days or any time, I'll be sitting there like Jonah, you know, just fretting over how they treated me or how something happened, you know, something that bothered me. And God will show up and go, Robbie, do you do well to be mad about? <laughs> Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. I mean, Think about how many times, I don't know if you're like me, but that just is this constant reminder. It's, it's, it's like he keeps pursuing, and just like that singer mentioned, you know, he'll break down every wall and he'll come after you. But often in my own life, he's coming after me because of a hardening of the attitude <laughs> and how I've decided to be mad at somebody and 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 you know I, I i so relate to jonah like i am so mad you know and and god showed up like he did for cain right i it's an amazing thing and, and i'm i'm i can't help but be curious about what that means that surely and surely is what david said and if anybody understood i'm sure that you know he really really understood what he was saying is Goodness and mercy will pursue me. That's the end of the 23rd Psalm. If you're just tuning in, you can listen to the whole thing at the podcast at christiancarguy.com or just tell Siri I want to listen to Christian Car Guy podcast. But the 23rd Psalm, last verse, surely goodness and mercy will radaf, will pursue me, will be running after me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Well, Thank goodness that goodness and mercy are pursuing me. I could just tell you because, you know, I can't help but wonder how far I would get. But the other thing that I, I really, really enjoyed, and maybe you would enjoy it too, is listening to the Bible with the intention of hearing the conversational intimacy. Because, you know, it's so clear in the book of John that his sheep hear his voice. Yes, we hear it because I heard all sorts of things as I was listening to the Bible. But just this morning, you know, as I'm listening for God in prayer about what this show should be, I really did not know where I was going with the show this morning at 4 o'clock this morning. Maybe it was 4.30. It was really, really early. I'm praying about this show. And I said, I'm listening, God. What if, where are we going? And he, <laughs> he said, pursue. I mean, it was clear. That's what he wanted today. 
and so with that in mind, you know, I I immediately thought about Buford T. Justice in Hot Pursuit. <laughs> and and once I had that in mind, I could hear Smokey and the Bandit and all these things start to come together in my mind. And you wonder, you know, wow, I wonder, you know, how I would have missed out on all this joy this morning. I, you can tell I have a blast putting together those intros. You might could tell I have a blast doing all this stuff. How does that happen? Because in his presence is fullness of joy. And that conversational intimacy that's available to all of us, even after <laughs> we're totally mad at our brother, we've, we've just cut the guy off and trapped, whatever it is that you've done, I can assure you, he's coming after you in hot pursuit. Now, I would be a bit remiss if I didn't mention one more time the Jesus Labor Love. Car repair labor for single moms, widows, and families in crisis sets a big way that we here at the Christian Car Guy Show help other people. And we, we help them all through the week with the help of your gifts. So if you go to ChristianCarGuy.com, you'll see a little, it's got our t-shirts on there because we're offering a t-shirt for the gift of any amount to the Jesus Labor Love. And again, if you send it, Via PayPal, you know, there's a small charge. But if you send a check to 238 Sorrow Lane, which is also there at the website, every single penny, because we have no overhead. In fact, the, the T-shirts were given to us. We have no overhead. So every pan- penny that you give us goes straight to ministering to a single mom, widow, family in crisis. It's all there at ChristianCarGuy.com, as well as a podcast of this show, Christian Car Guy Theater, if you want to hear that again, or episode 44, any of those other episodes, ChristianCarGuy.com. But you know, I, I was really thinking as I was praying about this show right before I went on the air today, how blessed I am for every one of you listening, <laughs> for a chance to share life with you guys, for a chance to enjoy doing what I do so much with Keith, my producer, and, and, the, and the staff here at Truth Broadcast and all the wonderful stations that carry this show. And remember, slow down. Jesus walked everywhere he went. Got it all done in 33 years. Thank you for listening.